Greetings. Our first show in the year 2023. It's Digging It with Derek Ritchie, the podcast that covers volleyball in and around Louisiana. Hope you're having a great new year so far. I know we are here with VSN and here at the Ritchie Crib as well. We've got a great show for you on tap. You know, we haven't brought to you any volleyball since basically college volleyball. But now, guess what? On the horizon this week, it's club volleyball really kicks into gear. And we have got all the bases covered. We're going to talk about the the, the main tournament in this area to start club volleyball. And it's done it for almost two decades now. Of course, we're talking about Blast Off, which will again be held uh, at the New Orleans, uh, the Ernest Muriel Convention Center. Um, Lee Feinswag, of course, he is not only uh, the editor of VolleyballMag.com, but this guy was a you know twenty year club director, and he has been the guy that has run Blast Off and Black Party again for the better part of two decades. A lot to talk about with Lee coming up in just a minute, and then of course we're going to be talking to club directors throughout the next couple of months, and we're going to start off with a, a name very familiar in both the club and high school arena. We're talking about Allison Didier Leak, who is the club founder and director of Ignite Volleyball. She is currently an assistant at Parkview Baptist High School after serving at St. Amant as the head coach for 15 years. So we've got a lot on the docket that we want to talk about uh, for club volleyball. So let's go ahead without further ado and bring in our first guest. It's Lee Feinswag. And wait a second. I was going to say editor of Volleyball Mag. Your people have sent a note. Volleyball God is all he is need for the reference there. Lee joining us from his home in Baton Rouge. Lee, welcome to the program. Happy holidays and Happy New Year. Well, you know, Eric <laughs> sent me a text earlier today, you know, what's your official title for the purpose of this podcast? And I said, I wrote back volleyball God. <laughs> so so to, just be careful what you uh, <laughs> what you wish for. No hey, man, doubt. These are exciting times. I mean, you know, for me, it's just it's volleyball never sleeps. You know, I mean, in volleyballmag.com, it's every single day. I mean, you know, we're 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 uh, taping this on. Um, Tuesday, which is a few days before the blast off. And uh, um, already today, I've worked on international pro women, the USA stars all around the world and what they're doing, the stories that we have there. Of course, we're coming right out of NCAA tournament, our all American teams, and then men's volleyball is in full swing. But for me, the primary focus is local club volleyball and the 19th annual New Orleans blast off this weekend in the convention center. How exciting, huh? No, I love it. I love it. And and we're going to talk to you about some college volleyball. I want to talk a lot about what, what's going on with VolleyballMag.com. But let's absolutely start off with Blast Off because that's what club volleyball teams in the Gulf region do. They start off the season with Blast Off. Tell us about this year's tournament. I know the big change that will stand out to people that it's a three-day tournament this year. Tell us about what excites you this year about Blast Off. Um, Monday night when it's done, (laughs) (laughs) it's over, over, you know, uh, at tournaments, I always say I sleep like a baby, Eric, I wake up every other hour crying and, uh, (laughs) leading in, leading up to, and during the tournament, um, you just, yeah, I wake up in the middle of the night going, all right, what have I forgotten? And I'll jump out of bed and write something down. And, you know, it's a, it's a big undertaking. We are 280, 81 teams this year. 
in three halls of the Morial Convention Center, which is a fantastic building. We're down closer to the uh, far side, away from the Riverwalk. And not only do people coming from the Hilton, which is our main hotel, and who, who may park in that side, have to walk all that way. This year, on Saturday, they have to walk outside for the majority of it. Luckily, the weather is going to be beautiful. Because, Eric, do you know that simultaneously – on Saturday with the New Orleans Blast I know this. Off is the Miss I know Universe. This. Miss Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because I don't believe it. Tryouts for them, um, you know, as well, to see if they can uh, bump set and spike. <laughs> you, know, you know, and obviously, I would assume security for them is pretty tight, right? Sure. So, and they're, sure. they're not in the adjacent halls. So like I said, we're in F, G, and H. I think they're in D. And then there's the cheerleading convention or uh, competition that's going on at the same time. There's quite a mix of uh, people, but nothing crazier than a few years ago when we were at the same weekend as Comic-Con. We had kids running out of the volleyball arena to run outside and take pictures, like with guys who had TV sets for heads or were zombies. <laughs> you know, this, this, is just, this is just a bunch of pretty girls walking around. Um, but, uh, we're so happy to be able to, to not only have this tournament uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one is it's it's a great tournament. But to your point, it is the first tournament in the region, and certainly for the Bayou region, but we have teams coming from nine states. For many of them, most of them, it's the first tournament of the year. So it's a time not only to see what you got, have a little bit of practice payoff, the girls get in uniform, they get to, to play other teams, and then for those of us in the sport a long time, it's such a great camaraderie weekend. I mean, I'm going to get to see so many people who I know and care for and have known for decades in the uh, local volleyball scene. You know, you and I, I always come by to watch Emma, your daughter, play. and We get to sit and sometimes it's for only for two or three minutes. And sometimes I get to get lucky enough and not have anybody call me away for a whole set. But it's just <laughs> an example of being able to see the club directors, the coaches who coach club and high school, so many parents we have, we have people now, Eric, I've been doing this for so long. I've got people who were parents for us back in the day now coming to watch their grandkids, you know, <laughs> and, and some of them are getting like 13, 14, 15. It's not just, you know, like 10 year olds, you know, That's funny. Um, that you, is know funny. I, you know, I'm 112. People don't know. I'm, I look good for my age, but you do, um, you do. You know, so, uh, and I've got a grand granddaughter too, who's five. So she'll be yes. in, uh, she'll be in 10 U before you know it. There you go. And hey, uh, now it's, it, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to just ask you about, I know it's in New Orleans at the convention center, like I guess for the last nine or 10 years before that Baton Rouge though, right? Yeah. So the, the way, here's the story. Jerry Stovall, the former LSU great football player, St. Louis football Cardinals great, was the head of the sports foundation in Baton Rouge. And, you know, I knew Jerry from sports and sports writing. And he called me and said, I got to talk to you. He, I, I, I need a volleyball tournament in Baton Rouge. It's like, Jerry, I don't, I don't want to do a tournament, really. Come on, we'll, we got to do a tournament. So he, he takes me to lunch at TJ Ribs. So it was significant that day because we had lunch and Jerry convinced me that we were going to do a tournament. And I came up with the idea, you know, and I said, well, we'll call it the Baton Rouge Blast Off. I don't even know. You know, I had the name. <laughs> and what I remember the most about leaving that meeting was one going, what have I signed up for? And number two, passing the table where Jimmy Swaggart was sitting and his son, Donnie, and I had never met them. And as it turned out, they were huge sports fans. They read everything that I wrote back in the day in the advocate and That's they crazy. watched my TV shows, which was then sports Monday. And we stopped and talked sports with the two of them, big hoop, hoop guy. And uh, anyway, That's we were crazy. hoping for 60 teams, maybe that first year. And, and we might've had 65, 70, 
we used a bunch of locations and it, and the tournament started to grow from there. Well, in the eighth year, I, th- I want to say we got up to about 140 teams and we were outgrowing Baton Rouge. We didn't have the facilities and we were going to lose the LSU rec center, which we, we still use for the later in March Baton Rouge block party. But uh, we were going to lose that for two Januaries because they were doing renovations and doing a complete overhaul of that building. It was also the same weekend as the Louisiana Marathon, which is a huge event here in Baton Rouge. Um, just just a fantastic event for the state of Louisiana and for the city. But we were stretching everyone's resources too thin. And so that's when we made the move to go to the New Orleans Convention Center. Sometimes we also use those six courts at the Hilton. We don't this year. Uh, and this is the 11th year in New Orleans, and it's been a fantastic marriage for us. Uh, everybody's worked great. You know, the hotel situation obviously is fantastic there because everything's within walking distance of the convention center. And then the convention centers, you know, major league building, it's easy to get those big 18 wheelers. And by the way, there's like seven of them that are bringing all those courts to us this year. Yes. And it's a great place to set up and conduct the tournament and get out. And, yeah. uh, you know, so and- it's, a, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal, you know, no, it, there's no doubt, and it's it's a prestigious tournament, and the, and I know the players around here, uh, you know, it is it is you know circled on the calendar, and they are excited about it. And again, uh, tipping off this weekend, a three day tournament. So that's what I want to ask you, Lee. Couple different questions. First of all, why three days this year? And the second part of that, tell us about some of the teams. Some of the teams, you know, like I'm looking at last year's winner, and uh, you know, uh, WD and Nola and uh, Red Storm, some of these teams, who's coming back? Who has you really excited uh, this year uh, uh, to, to see, you know, maybe players or teams as well? Well, everyone who paid excites me, you know, paid their interest. Yes, yes, I mean, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, you know, my partner, Louis Pusiger, who everybody in volleyball in Louisiana knows, we start, when, I, when we did, you know, back to that conversation with Jimmy Swagger in Baton Rouge 19, 20 years ago, First thing I did was I called Louis Busiger and I said, Lou, I don't, I, I got us a volleyball tournament. I don't know how to run one. You want to part, be a partner? And so we've had been a fantastic partnership for all these years. And we've started the other tournament, the Baton Rouge block party in March. So Louis, it was Louis's idea to go to new Orleans and I went fighting, kicking and screaming. And it, it was the best move ever. And it's been Louis's idea for a few years to go to three days. And I was like, Lou, it's a, you know, the, he, he, he had all the logic and the, the only part of the logic that didn't factor in is how bad my feet and legs feel after two days. So on, after three days, Eric, you know, you might have to be like carrying me out of there on uh, Monday, but I, I think it's a great opportunity because it doesn't cost that much more for the teams, which factors back to the club directors, but it, as an opening tournament for the season, it gives just one extra day to, and two more matches for the tournament for every team. And what a great way to get your season underway with even more bang for your buck and more experience for all these kids and the coaches and the referees. Don't forget, too, it's first first time out for the referees. Give them a break. So um, they're big. The big clubs are always fun to watch. You know, Nola's done so well there. You know, you mentioned WD, not as big a club, but so high quality. Infinity from Jackson, Mississippi is the biggest club in, in our tournament, lots and lots of teams, um, just a huge foot. And now infinity South up yes. on the North shore. Yes, exactly. Um, 
you know, all the local teams and I, I, I would list them all, but if I forget one, I'd feel bad, but I'm so glad that, you know, Red Storm from Baton Rouge, where I am, um, Capital City from Baton Rouge, uh, Cajun Elite uh, has a couple of teams, not, not a full contingent like usual, but Acadian Juniors, uh, big contingent like always. And then, of course, in New Orleans, there's Crew and Cajun Land and um, uh, um, Danny Davis's club, uh, Crescent City. And um, so, you know, I'm going to forget some, you know, Pelican State out in force, uh, you know, if, if, I, I, if I didn't mention you, please, it's because I don't have the list in front of me and I'm doing this off the top of my head. You're OK. You're it's, OK. It, it's so good. Like I said before, you know, it, it's it's a great social event, too. You know, I just I have such a good time just visiting with everybody. You know, like Same. people like Jody Polizano with the crew. Um, you know, we've known each other for so long from when my wife, Brenda, was the volleyball coach at St. Joseph's Academy long before I got into club volleyball. And I just enjoy so much being able to visit with her. I mentioned Danny Davis and then, you know, Julie and um, her staff from NOLA. And, um, you know, I could go on and on. It's just such it's such a great time. And the officials there's so many of those officials. They do college, too. You know, we have a oh, lot yeah. of college officials working the blast off because they, no they love the tournament. And, you know, they, they're, they're club refs. Thank goodness. You know, no doubt. No doubt. And again, it's. New Orleans blast off this weekend at the convention center, starting Saturday morning, ages the 10 U all the way up to 18 U representing nine States, well over 200 teams, super excited about it. Let's move on while we have the editor of volleyballmag.com with us. Let's go back. Let's just put a bow on some of the things uh, that your, your magazine just covered. And I know you do a great job on the college front, the final four this year, first of all, what the heck happened to the big 10 and then we see Texas squeeze by and and sweep Louisville in the finals. But then you pit in San Diego. What a unique final four this year. Give us your take on wrapping up the college volleyball indoor season. Well, a, a great season for the sport and still unique from the effects of COVID, which is that you still have lots of fifth and sixth year players in the game. You know, Logan Eggleston, the MVP of the championships for Texas, who was the volleyballmag.com national player of the year at the podium in the post-match interview. She said, I'm so lucky to have had this opportunity. And unfortunately it was because of COVID, but without it, I wouldn't have had this chance to come back one more year and be with all these people and win this national championship. And that was the case for almost everybody. The other thing too, is the transfer portal. Unbelievable um, impact on our sport. You know, it's this, it's not unique to volleyball, but all of those teams in the NCAA championship would not have been there had it not been for the tremendous players who transferred in. I mean, yes. uh, you know, Texas right off the top, the setter, Sage, Kahana, Kahaha, I'm glad you're saying that. Uh, came from Utah. You know, the, the, the other outside hitter, Madison Skinner, won a national championship with Kentucky. And there were other, oh, the Lobero, Zoe Fleck. Unbelievable. Came from UCLA, had the best year of her career at Texas for the one season she's there as a grad student. Um, Tell us about Texas more. We want to, you know, again, that, that's a, a regional team here, you know, obviously not too far away from the Louisiana scene, but uh, a, a lot of area interest this year in Texas. You talked about Logan Eggleston, your uh, Eggleston, your, your, your volleyball mag uh, com national player of the year, but um Texas overall, tell us about the Longhorns winning this championship. 
Well, they hadn't won since 2012, but had been to the final a couple of times, been to the uh, national semifinals a few times, close but no cigar. There you go. Um, and uh, really nice group of kids. You know, I'd been over there and watched them play once earlier in the year against TCU, which is another great story. TCU had a great season. Big 12 was good this year, a little better than people thought. Um, but uh, just an interesting collection of really nice kids. You know, as a whole, in our sport, we, we have wonderful, wonderful people, great kids, um, nice coaches. Um, it's fun to go talk to them. And in the case of Texas, you just, it was a team with so much talent. Uh, they played the game the right way. They really had fun. You know, that was a big campaign thing for them. They were like, you know, we we're just having so much fun and, and, and that's great. But I got that, you know, normally, you know, that's the old thing, Eric, does team chemistry build winning or does winning build team chemistry? Right, right. Uh, you know, the, the joke with Texas was, uh, you know, their second team might have been ranked in the top 15. You know, there was a lot of depth there. There was a lot of huge talent. But just, uh, you know, a, a, wonder, a wonderful group of people who happen to be really good volleyball players. But, you know, you go back to those other teams like San Diego, which was everybody's darling and deservedly so. But there were key transfers. Uh, who, who, you know, without them, they, they don't get to the final four. They probably don't get to the round of 16, you know, without the setter and the outside hitter both can't, you know, did so well. Um, the, uh, um, you know, Louisville, the setter came from USC, Raquel Lazaro, a Spaniard who, uh, you know, is just like, like all those other players I've been mentioning have all signed pro contracts and are already over in Europe. Um, Pittsburgh, a whole bunch of transfers. So the portal is the big thing right now. And you, and you see it, um, not just at the highest levels, but all the way down. I mean, I've had coaches of, of smaller schools tell me I'm not even going to try to recruit little Sally because I know she's going to go over there to that school, but she won't be happy. She'll be back with us in two years. <laughs> you know, they're, they're probably right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about uh, LSU this year and the, and the job that Tanya Johnson did in her homecoming. Uh, they pick up a win in nationals. Uh, they beat Hawaii in the first round, you know, got run off by a very good Stanford team in round two. But I mean, big wins over top 20 programs throughout the year, 16 and 14 winning record overall. Talk about your opinion on, on LSU indoor volleyball and the job that Tanya Johnson did in year one. Fantastic story. Uh, got the most out of that group a couple of big wins early helped put them over the edge because probably the last third of the season they weren't as good as they were but all that that they did early weighed heavily when it came time for the selection committee um nice group of talent almost everybody back now a nice transfer coming in from uh wisconsin jay dems will join uh yeah and and woosie uh the middle is the, the player who intrigues me the most. And this might be her going, no, well, that was probably Sonia Dotson. She's also a transfer from Oklahoma. She just finished her second year at LSU. But, uh, Tanya and, uh, and and Jill coming back, she had been with LSU. She was an assistant at Ohio State most recently, came back with Tanya. So you got two former players and they hit on all cylinders. It was really nice. Interestingly, you know, you mentioned that they beat Hawaii in the first round. Hawaii's star is Amber Ajidi, who played at St. Michael for oh, that's right. Yes. for uh, Rob Smith. And I know you know Rob. And Rob had two players in the NCAA tournament. Nobody else in uh, Baton Rouge High, or, or Louisiana high schools could say that this year. And I know you're going to feed into that later, but Lexi Gonzalez, who is a backup DS libero for Southeastern Louisiana, made the tournament. 
So he had Amber Ajidi and Lexi both in the tournament. Amber had a fantastic year for Hawaii. Uh, yep. Player of the year in the Big West. And, uh, you know, back when she played at St. Michael and we had volleyball Baton Rouge, in her senior year in high school, she concussed two of our volleyball Baton Rouge players during high school oh. season. Not, not her club teammates, you know. I mean, if you've never seen Amber Ajidi hit a ball, woo. But uh, <laughs> your point about LSU, yeah, it's exciting because, you know, that's the team here in my hometown where I get to watch other teams come in. It didn't work out well this year because Florida, neither Florida nor Kentucky came to Baton Rouge because they were still playing that COVID-induced uh, back-to-back two-match sets in the SEC, they're getting away from that next year. So you get to see everybody. So I didn't get to see the best teams. But it's nice when LSU's good because it just makes for better volleyball. You know, and it would be nice, you know, from our end to have some stories there. And, yes. <laughs> and, there, and there could be. But, so, but uh, it was nice, too, to have two uh, Louisiana teams in the NCAA tournament. Southeastern, Jeremy White, I'll tell you what, at Southeastern Louisiana, he can coach. He can well, play. Oh, that, that's my next question. That's my next question. 15 Louisiana players on the roster and one high school actually had three players in the tournament. And that is Southeastern and Jeremy White, because he had both the Hildagos and he had uh, Coach Bear's daughter, um, uh, Ari. So, right. so an unbelievable job for Jeremy White to win the Southland Conference. And again, join it with 15 Louisiana players. What does that say to you, Lee? Well, he took over a program that's pretty much been a vast wasteland. You know, they've never invested in it, period. And, you know, in college sports, you know, like uh, you might have noticed last night, uh, you know, Georgia TCU, you get what you pay for. It, it, it's a sad commentary because the rich get richer and the people who aren't rich have no chance, period. And it's not untrue in volleyball either. So for Southeastern to be good in volleyball, in, in many ways, it's almost incomprehensible if you could have said that seven or eight years ago. And he's come in and done a really good job. His top assistant just got a job as a head coach. I think it's uh, in, Incarnate Word in Houston. But uh, um, Jeremy White can flat out coach. And no I would assume that at some point somebody's going to try to gobble him up too. No doubt. Hey, another thing that I saw on VolleyballMag.com recently, and it's it's really a great thing for these, these high school and club players right now to kind of look to the future and like, man, you know, I don't, maybe I don't want to go overseas. Maybe I want to play professional volleyball in the United States. And all of a sudden the Pro Volleyball Federation, it, it looks like it, it could be an option here real soon. And it has a connection with LSU's favorite quarterback, Joe Burrow and his family. Explain to that a, a little bit of force, Lee. Well, you know, sports, like everything else, is all relationships. So the two partners driving the Pro Volleyball Federation um, is a guy named Dave Winham, who lives up in Columbus, and Stephen Evans, who lives in Dallas. And Stephen is an LSU guy, grew up in Central, and I've known him since he was in college. So, you know, they, they, they got a hold of me early on and wanted to pick my brain about what was happening. So you've got all these different entities trying to do uh, – uh, some kind of pro volleyball. There's Athletes Unlimited, which started uh, two springs ago. We saw and, them over in Texas when we were at a club tournament. Yep. And I, I went too. And, uh, you know, but what they're doing is basically a collection of pickup games because okay. they keep rotating rosters and you get points. And then if you, you're the leading point getter, you become one of the four captains for the next week. Yeah. Good deal. But yeah. it's not to suggest it's a pro league or an alternative to playing pro in Europe. So then there's another organization called League One Volleyball, LOVB. And they want to start a pro league in 24, but the pro volleyball federation jumped in and beat everyone to the punch and said, Hey, 
we're in place. And their model's different because they're not raising money for the league. They're having individual owners. One of their owners is Trent Dilfer, whose three daughters all played college volleyball. Tori Dilfer was on the Louisville team two years ago that went to the Final Four and is now playing pro in Europe. Um, Trent Dilfer, of course, the Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's one of the investors and he'll have a team. One of the other teams is going to be owned and run by the Burrow family. So Jimmy Burrow, Joe's dad, was in Omaha at the convention. I got to visit with him. And it's exciting because you've got people outside of volleyball investing in it and believing it. You know, same thing for League One Volleyball. They have a bunch of money that they raised. Um, They got people like Kevin Durant and Chelsea Handler, who I think should do play-by-play, you know, uh, investing into their volleyball. So it's everybody recognizes that it's the fastest growing sport. We're on a fast going up escalator and volleyballmag.com, a perfect example of it. I mean, we're, we're all in the right place at the right time for the best sport. So in my case, I mean, involved as a club director, as the editor of volleyballmag.com, watching this pro stuff happen. This is the first time I think it's legit. The other thing to consider is that, um, Athletes Unlimited is going to go in the spring. And depending on the exclusivity, players maybe can say, well, all right, I don't want to go to Europe. I might, instead of making, say, 60000 in Europe, I might be able to make that much money here playing two seasons, maybe one in the spring with Athletes Unlimited and before that in the fall with Pro Volleyball Federation. These are just, you know, hypotheticals. Sure, sure. But uh, if you go, like, for example, if you go right now to volleyballmag.com and click on uh, indoor and then pro, you can read our reports from all of the players and you'll recognize all the names if you follow college volleyball where everybody's playing around the world, mostly in Europe. And not all of them want to do that, but how can you pass up the money and the opportunity? I mean, you know, 24, 25, 26 years old, and you can make X amount of money. A lot of it's tax free and you get to play volleyball. You're in a foreign country on your time off. You might be able to travel and see stuff that you never could do otherwise. You know, uh, uh, Fran Flory, who retired as a longtime coach at LSU, uh, we talked about Tanya Johnson. That was her replacement. Fran's daughter, Lindsay, who played volleyball Baton Rouge back in the day. Is and in- she coached Emma's team in Ignite in Nationals last year. Yeah, in- in playing her fourth or fifth year in Germany. That's right. You know? That's right. And, and when she was 10 years old, you know, a skinny little kid, her tights were like looses. You know, they couldn't even fit on her legs. And you suggest that one day that kid will be a fifth-year Pro, pro, awesome right. thing for her, you know, and and she's an example of it. But w- given the opportunity, might she want to play at home if she could? Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. So, it's it's an exciting time, and the Pro Volleyball Federation is is a cool cool deal. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, we're going to leave you with one last question, and you can go any direction you want. But beach volleyball, obviously, AVP. Time for them to take a, a nice break. Uh, but uh, obviously, when you talk AVP, you got Kristen Nuss, Taryn Cloth. We always want to talk about them, as well as LSU beach volleyball and uh, Russell Brock back with another uh, team loaded. Kylie DeBerg's just been making noise all over. So beach volleyball is the topic. Lee Feinswag, go. Oof. Well, you know, just when you think we should have no beach volleyball because it should be downtime, you know, next week is the uh, end of the 22 season in the volleyball world season in Doha. And Kristen and Taryn are going there. They're one of the two American teams, Sarah Hughes and Kelly Chang, the other ones uh, in in that tournament. So that's the so-called end of the 22 season over in Doha, the the second week of uh, January, third week of January. Um, Taryn and Kristen, what a great story because – 
the, just the two nicest people. They've worked so hard and they've done so well. And it would be so cool if they could make the Olympics in Paris 2024. And certainly they're one of the top few teams. There's, there's certainly a great chance for them. Um, the AVP has not yet announced its schedule, Eric. And I don't want to know what it is yet. It's too early. Um, <laughs> and then Volleyball World also has not announced its schedule. Oh, it's given us some hints about what it's the, the former FIVB schedule is going to look like around the world. One of our photographers yesterday was texting me talking about all this stuff about FIVB. I said, I got the New Orleans blast off this weekend. Yes, I yes. <laughs> I don't want to know. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and, you know, to your point, too, LSU Beach, a major player in NCAA Beach Volleyball. And uh, I've already got my hotel reservations for Gulf Shores the first week of May because – and they changed that tournament this year. You know, it's going to be 16 teams, but it's going to go single elimination, 16, 8, 4, 2, and 1, and none of this – other stuff that goes on. So that I think that'll make for an exciting and much better flowing tournament. Uh, it's such a great weekend because you have the juniors tournament right next to it on Gulf Shores. So uh, the younger players get to come over and watch the LSUs and watch the UCLA's and all these great teams do their thing. But look, Lee, one more time, what do you want people to know about blast off uh, coming up this weekend? The really the kickoff of the club season. Go to VolleyballLouisiana.com and go read the stuff we post there so I don't get so many silly phone calls and emails, number one. Number two, go to VolleyballMag.com and read all the stories and click on stuff all the time. Eric, I look forward to sitting on the bench with you at the blast off and heckling Emma a little bit going, air serve, air serve, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, 96%. You probably won't. You'll have to sit there a long time before you see that. But there look, hey, I appreciate it, man. Lee, it's always fun catching up with you. And we'll see you this weekend at the convention center. You do a great job, man. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Eric. You got it. All right. Time for our first break here on Digging It. Uh, again, sponsored by Farm Bureau, St. John, St. Charles Parish, as well as the Sports Pub and Grill in Destrehan. We're taking a break, but don't go anywhere. When we return, Allison Didier Leak, of course, the club director and founder of Ignite. She'll have some teams at Blast Off. Can't wait to talk to her about that, her career, and currently at Parkview Baptist, another powerhouse in high school volleyball in Louisiana. We're back after this time. Hi, my name is Will Sermon from St. Charles St. John Parish Farm Bureau. On behalf of my entire staff, I want to wish all the players and coaches the best of luck. Real service, real people. The Sports Pub and Grill in Destrehan has it all. A great place to watch the game, daily drink specials, and you won't believe the food. From our fresh 10-ounce burgers, fully loaded baked potatoes, and great salads, too, like taco salad and grilled chicken. Need something to rinse it down with? How about one of our refreshing daiquiris? A great atmosphere for the whole family. Just a few miles west of the airport. The Sports Pub and Grill, 3001 Ormond Boulevard in Destrehan. Welcome back to Digging It Podcast. Very pleased and honored right now to be joined by one of many club directors that we'll be talking to throughout the next couple of months as the club season is upon us. And uh, she's near and dear to the Ritchie family as well. We're talking about Allison Didier Leak, who joined us now from Parkview Baptist. Coach Allison, it's so good to see you. Thanks. Welcome to the program. How's the how's the um, new year starting off for the for the Leak family? Busy. 
<laughs> I don't think I don't think we ever have much downtime unless we're on vacation. Um, but it's it's been busy. We've been, um, you know, full throttle. No doubt. No doubt. I would expect nothing less. I don't know how you manage uh, both being a, a wife, a mom, a daughter, a club director, assistant coach, and all the things you do at Parkview Baptist. But let's start, I guess, with the club season. Let's just start with uh, Ignite, the, the club that you founded and the club director. Um, and it is just so impressive what you've done with that club after you know learning from, of course, your dad, Chip, with, you know, what you did with Bayou Bandits. I think you, you worked there, you know, for 15 years, you probably started when you were 10. So, um, but tell me a little bit about Club Ignite this year, what you want people to know about your teams. And I think you're bringing what, like five teams to blast off. Yes, we have um, five national teams this year. And so all five of them will be going to blast off. Um, we've got um, a good bit of kids on our national teams that we're really excited to really get into the gym and work with. This weekend, I think for most club teams is a weekend that you get to see um, where your team is, exactly what you need to work on for the season, where everybody else is, um, kind of what you're competing against for, you know, the majority of the season. And so it's a fun tournament. It's, you know, close enough to where um, if people want to stay, they can stay, or if they want to drive, they can drive. Um, and so it, it, the families really enjoy being able to go down to New Orleans and, you know, play in volleyball and just, it's a good right out the gate type of tournament for the season. No, and I know you've had a lot of success there as well. You finished runner-up with your 15 U's a year ago. Uh, tell me about this year's teams. Um, you tell me about some of the, maybe the teams or the players that you're excited about this year that that people can watch when they uh, when they come to blast off this weekend. Um, so our 1700, well, first let me say that a couple of our teams, and I'm sure there are plenty of other teams that have this on Saturday. There's um, – uh, stuff, other things that are going on. So we are going to miss, be missing a couple players on Saturday, Saturday from a couple of our different teams. Yeah. However, um, because we do have so many teams, we are able to maybe take a player from another team and pull them up to be able to play. Um, so that way we can make sure that we have enough kids in case someone gets injured or hurt. Um, but with our 17s, our 17s this year is going to be made up of um, some of our players from our 16 national team last year and also um, a couple of our players from our 15 national team last year. And so um, that team is majority of players have been playing with us for a while. Um, we do have one newcomer who is Maggie Toulier from Central. Um, and then we have um, Zoe um, Lacase from Dutchtown. We have Riley Wall from Dutchtown, um, who will be our libero this year, and Natalie Heinerman from Dutchtown. Um, and then from Parkview, we have Jen C. Doeese, Charlie Nost, and um, Brooklyn Phillips. And so majority of the, you know, uh, we also have another setter, Allie uh, Griffin from Ascension Catholic. And so majority of our season, we're going to try to run a 6-2 um, with both of our setters, both of them have beautiful hands. They're hard workers. Um, and so our hitters are always able to adjust to anything that they are able to set. Um, and just being able to work with those setters, I really enjoy because 
That's my That's thing. what you did. You were a setter and you yeah. did such a great job with Emma too. And I know anytime Emma was in a funk, you know, it was like, oh, we need to do a private with coach Allison, get her out of the <laughs> funk and, and mission accomplished every time you do a great job, not only with, you know, you know, the fundamentals and, you know, the, the, the mechanics of the hands, but, but this part as the well, T- tell, tell me why that's so important for setters. The mental part of the game is so important for all the kids. However, setting, um, you know, a lot of people equate it to the quarterback of a team. There's You have to be able to think so fast and make so many adjustments that your setter is typically going to be one of your more athletic players um, and is going to have to be extremely intelligent and can think on their feet and can make decisions very quickly. Um, this The team typically goes as the setter goes. And, you know, if you have – if the setter's struggling, your chances of winning – uh, that percentage goes down. Um, and so it it comes with a lot of pressure, but most setters, your good setters, like that pressure. They want to be able to have handle the court, have some control of, you know, what happens between the passer and the hitter. And so the mental part of the game for them, um, they that has to be a person that is not going to get easily frustrated because you're dealing with every aspect of the game, the passing to the hitting. And so <clears throat> you have to make that transition. you got to take a bad pass and make it better. Um, you've got to be able to put the ball where your hitters like it. It's not always in the same spot. And so, you know, this hitter might like it a little bit higher. This hitter might like it a little bit lower. This one a little bit farther out. This one a little bit farther in. So knowing your hitters is also something that comes along with setting as well. That's that's awesome stuff, and and we we alluded to it a, a little bit earlier. You were obviously born into the sport. Your father Chip, you know, is you know just a you know a legend in the uh, volleyball community for you know his coaching days. You know, I can't even list them all, but H.L. Bourgeois, Terrapone, um, Nichols. But at the Bayou Bandits, th- those years, you not only coached under him, but you were the assistant director for about a decade, learning the ins and outs of how to run a club. And then mm-hmm. you went out on your own and then you started Ignite. And again, what a fabulous job you've done with the success and the growth of your club. I guess my question to you is either as a club director or as a coach, what have you been most proud of what you've done with Ignite? I think... For me, club is not a business. For me, it's getting these um, players into the gym, whether they're players from my school, other schools. Um, You know, we've had players from all over the state of Louisiana coming from Lafayette, Homa, Covington, New Orleans. And so I just enjoy to see them coming in and us being able to work with them um, and work with the little fine details to make their game better, bring them to the next level. And so for me, it's just not putting together some of the best players and making the best team. Um, It's putting together players that we're able to work with and mold and, you know, um, really build that player. Um, That's the fun part of coaching is seeing from the beginning to the end their improvement and their successes. And so that's really fun for us. That's that's really what we strive for. Um, our 15 under is going to be a perfect example of that. We have a phenomenal 15 and under this year who I'm really excited about. But it, they're young. And so we're anxious to get in more practices so we can really fine tune a lot of their skills that have already been developed. And so 
there's still a lot that they need to learn. And so that's always a fun age group to coach, but it's going to be um, a team that uh, Terry LaRose coaches for us. And she always does a really good job. So I'm looking forward to see them um, by the end of their season as well. Nice. Nice. And we got something with coach Terry coming up in a little bit, but first let's, 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 as we're going down memory lane, you know, let's not forget that you were the head coach at St. Amant for 15 years. That's a significant part of your career. When you look back at that portion of your career, what stands out? What do you remember most? What, what are you most proud of, of your, of your, you know, 15 years as a head coach uh, for a, a great program like the St. Amant Gators? Um, I think it's the, you know, the players, they, from the moment that I got there, they were completely bought in. Um, if they wouldn't have, we would not have started out as successful as we were the first year that I was, well, the year before I got there, um, the girls would joke with me, you know, we were fighting to not, to not be last in district. And then the year I got there, we came out, I believe second in district, um, under St. Joseph's. And so it was something that if they would not have bought in, I don't know how long it would have taken for me to be successful. They bought in right away. And so that success um, carried on every single year. And the kids were proud of that. It's really hard coaching at a public school um, because a lot of times those kids don't start playing volleyball at a very early age. And so it's one of the reasons why I had to, you know, bring our club over here is for my players at Cinema when I first got there to start playing more than three or four times um, a month for the whole year. Um, because a lot of your private school kids are playing and they start at a very young age. And so that was something that was very important to me. And I'm just really, you know, I'm uh, when I think back on my time there, I'm proud of the kids that continue to buy in. They fought for their success. Um, and every year, you know, just getting into practice and working hard and, and continuing to go to the state tournament and winning district championships. That just doesn't come from a coach. That comes from kids that are willing to get into practice and get in the games and really get down to the nitty gritty and, and figure out those fine details. So that for me is the part that I, I'm probably most proud of is, you know, developing the fight in the kids. They kind of, you know, your players kind of take on your attitude, you know, right. your personality a little bit. And so I'm very much a fighter and a competitor and, and, um, you know, my players were the same. Well, you've continued that with your days now, I believe wrapping up your second volleyball season at Parkview Baptist as an assistant coach there. You brought up some names earlier, Jency, Charlie, Brooklyn, throw in Laurel Cassidy. And I know just following the Parkview Baptist volleyball uh, social medias, all of those players that have played for your club and also for you at Parkview Baptist have been honored. I know you just had the state tournament or the state uh, banquet this past weekend in uh, Baton Rouge. A uh, couple of, tell us about some of the honors. I know some all state accolades were handed out as well. Yes. So um, this past Sunday, Laurel Cassidy um, and us coaches here at Parkview attended the All-State Banquet because she made All-State as a sophomore. So we're really, really proud of her. Um, you know, she's worked really hard for that honor. Um, but obviously that doesn't come without teammates on the side of you. And so, you know, Brooklyn Phillips, Jency Doeys, Charlie knows they all had um, all district honors and all Metro honors. Um, and so 
we're really excited about this coming season. You know, we had a young group last year or this past season. We only had two seniors and, you know, we had sophomores that were in there playing and, and sometimes some freshmen. And so it's always fun and exciting to see those younger ones as they grow up. And when you have seniors come back and they see some of those that they play, you were a freshman when I was a senior. Well, I wish you would have looked like that when I was a senior, you know, it's, it's fun and funny to kind of see them come back and um, watch the players that were younger than them that they played with and see how much they've progressed. Yeah. And what a season for Parkview Baptist. I mean, you guys make it, I think deep into the, uh, the Cajun Dome and the quarterfinals, uh, you know, I had a chance to see you, you know, and again, obviously, uh, my daughter played for your club for two years and became great friends with Jensie Laurel. Um, you know, all those players uh, at, at Parkview Baptist that, that she's so familiar with. So when I got to see you this past year, calling the games at the Terrebonne Lady Tiger Classic with your father, it was a chance to finally, you know, really, you know, get a good, good, you know, chance to see them up close and personal. What a tremendous team and a fight that they had. But one of the, you know, we did a lot of games with your dad. Now we did, you know, I think eight on Friday, seven or eight on, you know, we did, I don't know how many, but anyway, I was starting to kind of like this, but, but guess what? We had some help and I think we have a picture Justin has that picture. Look at this. You <laughs> you and Coach Terry came in to help us do some play-by-play. Do you remember that? And and I think Coach Terry said it was on her bucket list. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. That was a lot of fun. Um, it was some good matches on that court, too. So it's always fun when you have some good matches because there's a ton to talk about. No doubt. No doubt. I think you guys did a pretty good job as well. No, no <laughs> well doubt. Thank you. Co- wasn't that on Coach Terry's bucket list? Didn't she say it was? To be it a was. That she can so, check that off her bucket list. <laughs> I like it. And she I also like it. she also says a lot. If Eric ever needs help, he can always call me because I know he has my cell phone. That does come out of mouth quite a lot. Well, that you tell Coach Terry, we'll we'll get her involved for sure. And uh, I guess that that's a good segue just to lead, uh, just to talk about your dad and what he's. You know, obviously he's your dad. You know, but what has he meant to you? Um, you know you know, reading a bio about you earlier, you know, it's like you were born into the game. Your passion is, is volleyball. And obviously that comes when you're your father, you're born into the sport. And, um, you know, w- what a great, you know, mentor in the sport. And we talked about a club director, club coach, announcer. I mean, all, all the above. Tell us about Coach Chip for those that don't know him. Um, you know, he, he was coaching volleyball before I was born. And so, um, I think he was destined to have the four girls that he has, um, cause he <laughs> picked the right sport. Um, but it, he is, you know, he coached me and when I was in club at a very young age, I think I might've started at eight. Um, my sisters were the same. They were started at six. Um, and he basically started club so that way I could start playing. Um, And then once I got into high school, he actually became the um, coach at Nickel State University. And so that was a really awesome time for me because I really got a a chance to see what those college athletes as volleyball players, what they go through, what he's looking for, you know, um, as far as academics and the volleyball, their practices, their workouts. And it was something that I really had to think about, you know, is this something that I'm interested in and want to do at the next level? Being a high school player, 
you just don't know. You don't know that life. And so that was really eye opening to me. Um, and then once I graduated college, I had the opportunity to go be my dad's assistant for two years, um, which I absolutely loved because there were so many times that we would sit on the bench and we would be the only two laughing in the gym because of something that we saw together um, that most people wouldn't see. And so that was a really fun experience to have as well. Um, you know, a lot of my coaching style comes from him. Um, at the same time, I do have a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of a difference between us, but I take on from him, you know, he just loves to learn. He loves to, um, he loves the game of volleyball. He um, loves seeing players be successful and learning the next stage of the game. And so that's something that I've really taken on as well. Um, you know, we come from a long line of coaches and so, his advice is amazing. I mean, he's had his uncles and his father um, who mentored him. He, the advice that he can give, there's many times where he tells me, you know, this is what Papa used to tell me. So this is what I'm going to tell you. You know, the number of phone calls that I have to him, uh, thank gosh, I don't have to pay him for that. <laughs> he might be really rich. Um, you know, it, it's fun to be able to call your dad and talk almost on a, on a daily basis um, about something that you both love and, and get advice because he's probably seen most things that I'm going to have to deal with. Well, he has been um, an awesome addition to VSN <laughs> with his broadcasting and his knowledge and just awesome personality as well. So, uh, and, and look, Coach Allison, we had to have you on the Digging It podcast because you've meant so much to our family and what you've been able to do uh, to help Emma in her career. I don't know if you can see it, Justin, if you can come out on the wide shot here over my right shoulder over here, that volleyball you gave to Emma oh. last year when she got her 1,000th assist of the season for your 15 national team. So we always want to, you know, recognize you and you'll always be a big part of, uh, of our family. And we want to say thank you so much for what you've done for us, but continued success at Parkview Baptist and Ignite this year. And I can't wait to see you and give you a big hug uh, at blast off <laughs> this week. So, uh, so yes, get ready and, uh, Thank you so much for having me on and thank you for, you know, allowing me to coach Emma because she um, was such an awesome kid to coach. I know I've told you and Emma that before. Um, she's, you know, I, I have a long list of favorites, but she's one of them for sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Continued good luck and we'll see you this weekend. Watch yes. out for the, you know, the parking, you know, get be, be yeah. safe and, and the Miss America, Miss Universe pageant. I guess we got to watch for them as well, but I'm sure yeah. we'll find you on one of these courts and uh, say hi to Coach Terry for us as well. I will. Thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate everything. You got it. Thank you, Coach Allison. All right, time for another break here on Digging It. We'll be right back to wrap up this first edition of 2023 after this timeout. Sermon from St. Charles St. John Parish Farm Bureau. On behalf of my entire staff, I want to wish all the players and coaches the best of luck. Real service, real people. The 
Sports Pub and Grill in Destrehan has it all. A great place to watch the game, daily drink specials, and you won't believe the food. From our fresh 10-ounce burgers, fully loaded baked potatoes, and great salads, too, like taco salad and grilled chicken. Need something to rinse it down with? How about one of our refreshing daiquiris? A great atmosphere for the whole family. Just a few miles west of the airport. The Sports Pub and Grill, 3001 Ormond Boulevard in Destrehan. Okay, we're back to wrap up this edition of Digging It. This podcast focuses on volleyball, but certainly a lot of other things going on in the world of varsity sports now. A big addition to the family here at VSN is Wolfpack Athletics. That's right. All Loyola sports now can be found on VSN. The women's basketball team picked up their 14th win, no losses this season on Monday against Crosstown rival Xavier. Uh, They beat them 82-58. Taylor Thomas had 16 points in that game. Why I tell you that? She's one shy of career point number 1,000. Of course, we have Loyola men's women's doubleheader on VSN live streaming Thursday. Wrestling, also another big addition to VSN this year. Huge dual meet coming up on Wednesday night. Join Robbie Dotrieve for Jesuit and Holy Cross. Also, St. Thomas More wrestling on Wednesday. Then on Saturday, it's the Louisiana Classic. VSN will live stream both the semifinals and the finals of the most prestigious tournament in the state that gets everyone ready for the state tournament just around the corner. That will again do it for this show. I want to thank our guest, Lee Feinswag of VolleyballMag.com and Allison Didier-Leak of Club Ignite and also Parkview Baptist. Uh, the big tournament this weekend kicks off the club season. It's blast off at the convention center. Hope to see you there. For our director, Justin Thomas, our sponsors, Farm Bureau of St. John, St. Charles Parish, and the Sports Puppet Grill at Destrehan. I'm Eric Ritchie. So long, everyone, and Happy New Year.